Hello, Blood Generals and Dud Sarges. You're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dare, and we, the two of us, suffer those consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and I've just dropped a Q-bomb. I've mm. dropped a Q-bomb of truth. Actually, that sounds horrible in, in today's current climate. I don't want to be anything remotely associated with Q-bombs. But with me, as always... He's just the bomb, Daniel Barnes. Hi, everyone. On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them using our unique rating system. Here's the system. Run-of-the-mill, everyday yeoman's effort of a bad film, we give that a dare. The double dare rating goes to those truly atrocious movies, and the reverse dare, the hallowed, respected, renowned, Worldwide lauded Newberry Medal Award. Oh, win- yes, no, it did. It Children's won the literature, Newberry. huh? <laughs> yes, right. absolutely. Joining Beverly Cleary, Judy Bloom, former winners. Uh, this is huge. Uh, the reverse dare is for those despised movies that are actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we're heading back to Florida by way of Canada to review Bruce Willis and Cosmic Sin. We're also going to read some of our movie dares sent in by our listeners, but. But before we get started, we're going to talk about the cocktail that Dan made us for this Quirky, week. you probably can't tell, just a little behind-the-scenes <laughs> magic notes. I just take the script for the previous week, copy-paste it, and then replace a few things. And sometimes I don't replace things. <laughs> like I mean, but that's why we for... won the Newberry. I mean, that is why kids want familiarity. Kids want in their literature. Uh, oh, good time. Time to put the kids to bed, though, because... Mm. It's cockcasting time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This week's movie-themed cocktail inspired by this week's movie, Cosmic Sin. Corky, in the movie, they actually mention Mai Tais, the great tiki mm-hmm. drink. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. says we should be on the beach drinking Mai Tais or something. They certainly weren't budgeted for either of those things. Um, so I give you, Corky, the cosmic Mai Tai. What makes this Mai Tai oh. cosmic, you may ask? I say so, that's what. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I am. I say it's cosmic, it's cosmic. There's a couple of little twists. This Mai Tai uses three different dark rums. Got some Cointreau in there, lime juice. Tossed a little splash of Luxardo, thereby making it cosmic. There's some Orjat syrup, a dash of Angostura bitters, and a little float of what? Yeah, a fourth dark rum. Whoa. There's four rums. Corky, what do you think of the Cosmic Mai Tai? I think there's a beautiful Cosmic tie-in with floating rum on top, much like astronauts in space. They float around. <laughs> there's no gravity. There's no up. There's no down. We float that rum in there. That's how you get the Cosmic tie-in. Dan, again, fuck the movies, bro. Let's yeah, just do no, drinks. Really. Sounds good. Let's Sounds open good. a pop-up stand of bartending. I will hustle the people <laughs> with bad Love jokes. It. You will make wonderfully delicious drinks i don't even want to talk Sounds about good. movies well certainly we don't want to talk about this week's movie because holy shit but uh the mai tai it's cosmic but it ain't a sin it ain't a sin it's a universal good please make somebody listening make one of these drinks on instagram try it you will fucking love it show us send us that and as always i will put the recipe in the post for the show so check it out corky uh-huh. October is right around the corner. That sounds crazy, but it is. It is. Look at the calendar. It's peaking. And you know what happens in October? Dare Daniel transforms mm-hmm. werewolf-like into Scare Daniel, and we review our listeners' horror movie dares. So that's coming up in October. I have a prime candidate for us right now, and it's from 
professor horror. Still Uh-oh. working on the still working on the doctorate, but he is a, he is a professor. <laughs> he's got his he's got his horror certificate. He's working on that degree. We're talking, of course, about Ryan Luke Terry. Mm-hmm. What do you got for us, Rye Guy? He's got Pet Cemetery two two. 1992 straight to video sequel directed by Mary Lambert, who also directed Pet Cemetery, the adaptation of the Stephen King book. Movie stars Edward Furlong, Anthony Edwards, and Clancy Brown. Why? Why? Do you want us to watch Pet Cemetery 2? He says, This direct to video unnecessary, vapid sequel tries so hard to justify its existence, and while you may be thinking that it suffers from not having the same captain at the helm, This, too, was directed by Mary Lambert, director of the original. Quite simply, this movie suffers from lazy, deplorable screenwriting and slapdash directing. It hasn't a clue what it wants to be, so it's just everything, sometimes at the same time. While I usually go for altruistic dares, he's the altruistic sort. Yes. We know that about Ryan. Uh, To earn the coveted reverse dare, I am going for two double dares on this one. P.S. Any boyfriend applicants yet? (laughs) Ha ha. He threw in the ha-ha to sound casual, but you know he's really asking. Hopefully by this time, we're recording this well in advance. Hopefully by this time, this we'll have to edit this part out. So nobody will actually even hear this. But right, we will be talking about Ryan and his boyfriend's second month anniversary. And it'll be beautiful. And we'll actually go on a double date, a triple date. <laughs> that sounds awesome. We'll all head down to Panama City Beach. I they head over to the Ripley's Museum. We already know the, at mini the golf, water parks. Yeah, there's three things. Oh wait, well we gotta stop by that uh, gift shop where there's a the dinosaur dinosaur gift shop. <laughs> Everything's off the freeway anyway, so we're good. Oh yeah, very accessible by golf cart. So thank you very much, Ryan, for the dare. And now, our feature presentation. Cosmic Sin. This dare came to us from good friend of the show, Dean Longenecker. Why did Dean dare us Cosmic Sin? He says, I love my sci-fi. I like Bruce Willis. I don't have any problems with Frank Grillo, Dan. I know you do. I can usually... (laughs) After this movie, many. I'd never even heard of this fucking dude. I don't know who this guy is. I can usually forgive some stupidity in the story if everything else is at least okay. This is not possible with this utter shit show of a movie. Year 2524, we have quantum physics space travel, but we still drive early 2000s pickup trucks and chopper motorcycles. Story, sets, FX, acting, all capital B-A-D bad. They tried to say something about your life decisions, I think. (laughs) The IMDb synopsis for Cosmic Sin. Seven rogue soldiers launch a preemptive strike against a newly discovered alien civilization in the hopes of ending an interstellar war before it starts. Tonight on Cosmic Warrior. <laughs> yes, Cosmic Sin is this week's movie. And Corky, amazed, it just amazed me when, when we got this start that we've gotten to episode 96. We've never done a Bruce Willis movie. Not even a cameo, not a supported, nothing. And I'm not like this dude's just been... Fucking laying gold. He's been making shit for three decades. For a while now. Uh, And he's long been regarded as kind of an insufferable egomaniac Mm -hmm. by his co-workers, fellow actors, director, people on set. And people put up with it for a long time when he was a huge star. But as his star faded, I feel like his on-set behavior started to make him essentially unhirable for for mainstream movies. So instead... He has been cranking out generic straight-to-streaming films for the last, like, I mean, at least a decade, but really in the last five or six years. 
about 20 or so, just in the last five or six years. Here, here are some of the titles amongst these films that he has been cranking out. Vice, Extraction, First Kill, Acts of Violence, Reprisal, Airstrike, Ten Minutes Gone, Trauma Center, <laughs> Survive the Night, Hard Kill, Breach, out of death. Out of death? What? <laughs> and this week's movie, Cosmic Sid. Those are the most generic titles ever. Uh-huh. That is insane. Cosmic Sin, basically no information about this movie at all. Here's what we know. Released March 12, 2021 on digital platforms in North America. It's on Netflix right now. It did play theatrically in a handful of countries, what? not in North America. It did making about $1 million. The majority of that came from... making a whole generation hate movies. Slovakia. Three on Rotten Tomatoes for Cosmic Sin. That's out of 31 reviews. Nine on Metacritic. Martin Carr of Flickering Myth gave the film its lone fresh review on Rotten Tomatoes. He said the film, quote, delivers some high-tech carnage, passable one-liners, and a little world-ending crisis without overstaying its welcome, end quote. However... David Stratton of The Australian hewed closer to the critical consensus, writing, quote, with its feeble attempts at humor and its macho posturing, the film is truly enervating, end quote. Corky, we know, we've talked about it, mm-hmm. when somebody disagrees with you, especially one of those hoity-toity film critics, you must physically attack them. I, I don't approve of it. I've never approved of it. I, I feel like I've I feel gotten, like you've enabled me a little bit. I've been the victim of possibly some copycat crimes. <laughs> you keep showing me the uh, reviews I disagree with, thus enraging me. Uh, you, you're not not to blame. That's what I'm saying. Fair enough. I just, how have you eluded the authorities for so long? Well, it's just, it's, Rex Reed still can't walk. It's just awful. We're <laughs> lucky nobody listens to our fucking show. If anybody, if we were at least a little popular with the Chicago PD, I'd be in jail. Why aren't you but popular Corky, with the Chicago Police Department, Dan? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fucking, I wish we watched Midnight Run. That's such a better <laughs> movie. <than this. laughs> Everything's a better movie than this. But yeah, we got the battle right now. It's Martin Carr okay. or it's David Stratton. Who are you fighting here? Are you going to put a splat on David Stratton? Or are you about to wreck Martin Carr? Yeah, it's a car crash. It's definitely it's there's like no. off the cliff, exploding in midair. I usually like to tease some suspense. There's none of that. This is Toonses driving this car. Uh, I mean, come on, passable one-liners. That's that's basically saying it's. I mean, it's okay if you don't really pay attention to it. It's passable. It's a movie. It's without it happen. Out, he says it, it didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, what? that's like saying it's short. That's a nice way of saying it's short. <laughs> and it does overstay its goddamn welcome. Oh, you bet it does. Very, oh. very quickly. What the fuck is uh, Bruce Willis doing? What the fuck is uh, anybody he, Bruce doing? Willis is doing absolutely nothing. Is it Canadian nothing tax credits? Is that, I mean, is it something like that? Has to be. Has to be just some sort of a, a tax write-off or a write-down or some kind of like lo- money laundering scheme or something. There's no way they're making actual movies here. This is just like, it's just nothing. I was watching this and I'm like, this would be a good student film. This would be good for that. Or if like some right. fans of Robotech got on YouTube and made their own movie. <laughs> that's about this quality. Oh, it, it, very, it very much is fan film kind of homemade special effects quality, which, you know... You can make a handful of 
perfectly credible special effects. And this movie has some, but like, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? This movie, it, it borrows from a lot of familiar sources, obviously. Stargate, kind of heavily. Armageddon, Starship Troopers. Basically, any sci-fi military cliche, Star Wars it covers it. Uh, all of them, yeah. Sci-fi military, it's got everything covered. Not an original bone in this movie's body, which would be fine if it were at all entertaining, and it is not. No one in the film acts above a mumble, except at one point Perry Reeves does, but that's because they augmented her voice to sound like an alien. <laughs> um, Willis is giving the least amount of no, fucks? No, we've said that a lot of times about a lot of different actors. This is the most somnambulant performance I have ever Very much so. He almost said the words, no second takes in the take. You know what I mean? Like, no. don't yeah. ask again. <laughs> I, I think he just, he ran through every line at one time. Like, he wasn't even acting. It was just like, I'm reading the script off a of prompter. He was not at all in tune to what was happening in, that, in this movie. No, absolutely not. Giving you nothing, which one of the actors we've done a lot in comparison, we even have a month named after him, yeah. Travolta, yeah. or John Travolta. And we've shit all over John Travolta. But the one thing, I'll give credit to John Travolta. He's giving you too much. Yes. This, this is like the old joke about the portions, right? Yep. Like it's like he's giving you way too much, right? Way, way, way too much. But he's really like he's really digging deep. He's not this is not a phoned in kind of an effort. Like it's just too much. They're he's making decisions, bad decisions. Yeah. Willis's only decision is get through it. Just get through it and get back to my trailer and then get home. I haven't seen any of these other dozen movies, Hard Kill, no. Survive the Night. Too much to die for, <laughs> breach system, whatever it is. But I, I'd be willing to bet all of his scenes are in all those movies. Like he just filmed a series of scenes and he's right. like, just divvy them out, just put them into each movie. Whatever. I don't care. Space movie, cop <laughs> movie, whatever. Fuck. I'm wearing a badge. I rack a shotgun. I say something in a whisper. Good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, this movie, the one thing I will say that is just amazing and that Dean talked about in his review, the way this movie regards time. Uh -huh. This is kind of like a, a bit of a pet peeve with sci-fi movies where they'll have somebody in like the 2300s and they'll always be like, yeah, I love 1960s like rock, right? Like I like uh, Danny McBride and Alien Covenant listening to like Creedence Clearwater Revival yeah. as he's like landing the ship or whatever the fuck. That's like annoying because it's like it's such a sop to the audience to be like, here's something familiar in the midst of all of this stuff, right? And it's but like it just presumes that like nothing happened in that other time. Like if he had uh -huh. just been like, you know what, it's the 24th century, I'm gonna put on some 22nd century like rock and roll, like they would have had to come up with what the fuck that is, but instead it was like, nah, I only like stuff from the 1960s. So, like in this movie, like. There's quantum space travel, mm -hmm. there's some spaceships, and there's some tall buildings that we see at one point. It's set in the 2500s. Nothing has improved or advanced. There have been no cultural advances. Everything is the exact same. Everyone dresses the same, drives the same cars. There is like there is like an oil drum fire that people are standing around. It's the 2500s. Oil drum technology hasn't even improved. Macho masculinity and sexual mores have not changed. It's all guy-girl. It has to be guy-girl. There's no like – that's the kind of stuff I noticed. Yeah, like, like, even less the technology, just like cultural stuff. There's absolutely. All, almost all white people. There's one oh, yeah. black guy, and that's about it in this movie. Uh, it, it's surviving in, in the future. So, like, they invented quantum leaping at some point, and then, like, for hundreds of years, they didn't do anything. 
Yeah. Like they, they spend all their efforts on robot bartenders yeah. and the robot bartenders are terrible. Keep them coming, Gleep Glop. That's, it's a Mr. <laughs> show sketch. That's about the level of that bartender. You can have a robot bartender now who doesn't spill the drinks all over the fucking place. Like that's not that's not a huge advancement. I mean, but, the, oh, the fucking Chuck E. Cheese band was about the same <laughs> level as that robot bartender. <laughs> all right, let's get right into it. Cosmic sin. So we open with these kind of quick shots of like outer space stuff happening. There's heavy breathing. There's space people. They're kind of rocket launching down through this like space war down towards a planet. And that is all cut with this on-screen text that explains, like, the nonsensical backstory of this movie. We're talking time jumps. There's three credit sequences in the titles that tell you what happened every, like, 300 years. Like, it makes super big jumps to give you backstory. Yeah. 2031, the first colony of Mars is founded. 2042, the alliance is formed. Quantum propulsion technology allows humankind to colonize the cosmos. 2281. (laughs) Yeah. Just big jump. <laughs> We're like 260 years. Don't worry. Nothing happened in that time. They coasted for a while on that technology. 2281, the Mars colony fails. What? Like, why did we even mention Mars? Mars doesn't come up for the rest of this movie. Does that, no one mentions Mars. <laughs> like, they never like, go why did you mean, <laughs> Why did you mention it? Like, it's just so <laughs> fucking lame. Mars colony fails. The Alliance rules over three colonies, Earth, Zafdi, and Alora. Mm-hmm. 2519 we're 500 years of the future Corky 500 years ago Gutenberg invented the printing press so think of like the changes that had yeah. to happen between <laughs> I just invented the printing press to like I have a little thing that goes in my pocket and I can have every book in the world on there which is where we are now <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't understand the language people spoke 500 years ago yet this movie presupposes nothing fucking changed for 500 years linguistically 2519 Zofty attempts to secede from the alliance the blood general James Ford aka Sawyer from Lost drops a Q-bomb on the rebel colony then we see a crash land on a forced planet Bruce Willis stands up he's wearing a metal spacesuit 25 24. That's where this movie yep. takes place. 503 years in the future. I did like to see that Costas Mandalore is in this movie. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Mandalores. I like Lewis better than Costas, <laughs> but I'm a fan of the Mandalores. I'm a fan. You've Fandalore. always been a, a Mandalorian. Hey, that's better than Fandalore. So we now land not on Earth, but on some space mining outpost somewhere out in space. Alien and there's. A man miner, and there's a lady miner, and they are ready to get the freak on. Already right now, you should hook up your Dramamine patch because the shaky cam, she gonna shake. Mm-hmm. It makes you seasick. Oh, and also, if you don't like blue lights, do not watch this movie because it is all <laughs> blue lights, baby. Don't watch this movie if you love blue lights more than just stare at a blue yep. light. <laughs> they make blue light bulbs. <laughs> So the man and woman minor, they want to have uh, cis-normative uh, relations. Mm-hmm. So, but she hears something. Oh, whoa, what's that? Uh, she gets a reading. Wait, there's something out there. I got a little reading on my thing. This guy's so horny. He's like, fuck your science shit. Right. I don't, I don't care that we're the only two. Like, fuck it. Fuck it. I got to get my freak on. Where's the security mi- officer. And he's like, <laughs> we're space mining. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to go space so, mining. He's like, we're literally the only people on this fucking rock here. Let me show you. And he goes outside and just starts shooting a machine gun. <laughs> like, it's just like, what? 
Look at her. She has a little wrist thing where she can monitor what's happening. You don't have to. It also makes it seem like they're the only two on the running this whole mining operation. Like, what are you mining for? A rock a day? (laughs) (laughs) But then he's out there firing his gun, and then he sees something. He's like, "Oh shit! I wouldn't trust the woman when she had science explained it to me." Like the science thing said so, stupid fuck. But he's like, "Oh, stay back in here. Go out." Then she hears more shooting, more shooting, and then the lady miners, who's still in the tent, she calls in an FC incident, mm-hmm. first contact incident. Holy shit, aliens. And the voice that comes over intercom says, is it a positive, net positive, or net negative? And then she can't answer, and then boom, something happens. Doesn't matter. Back to Earth we go. Futuristic skyscrapers, floating cars, and everything else is exactly the same. Uh, so, like, either no cultures happen in 500 yeah. years, or like all of these miners, soldiers, and bikers are just obsessed with things that are half century old. Like, imagine all of our miners and soldiers just being like super into Renaissance art. I think, they, yeah. <laughs> they just, good day, my lady. They just wear like <laughs> cod pieces. One thing that did change in the 500 years is lens flares apparently happened all over the place because just that's everywhere. Yes. Right? <laughs> JJ Abrams does that. I'm going to do it. But yeah, everyone's driving. It's all just late 20th century, early 21st century stuff, which is, of course, what it is now. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's what because that's afford. how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. You know, it's just, it's, a, it's like a pet peeve of mine also when you go to like a movie set in like the 50s and everybody's driving like 1955 T Birds and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like that wouldn't be the way. Yeah. Some people would drive 50s cars. A lot of people would drive 40s cars and 30s cars or ride a bike. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's just, that's, that's not how culture works. It doesn't just, change overnight they everyone doesn't just replace their car with whatever the new car is so frank grillo frank grillo who also i guess cranks out a lot of these direct to tv direct to video type of movies too so um, inevitable maybe that him and willis would end up in the same one but he's late for thanksgiving he's driving a normal truck of course a normal truck in 2524 on a normal highway and then is talking through his Bluetooth. Because, again, this is just like, this is the fucking technology. So he's late for Thanksgiving, but he gets called in because we need an FC assessment. And he says, get me James Ford, who, remember from the opening, was the blood general. Now we meet Bruce Willis. He is the blood general, James Ford. So he walks into a very late 20th slash early 21st century looking bar. We meet the robot bartenders who can't pour a drink straight. We also... Robot bartenders got like the shakes. <laughs> He's been robot bartending too long. You got to get out of that life, kid. I think as we see Bruce Willis walk in, these women make eyes at him. And it's like, I think Bruce Willis has it in his contract that every movie he's in, he has to have like some kind of sex appeal reaction. It's like, Absolutely. I don't walk on set unless someone's making goo-goo eyes. I think him. also... He needs to have it in his contract that he gets to kick the ass of some young punk. Uh huh. Several. Because right away he walks into this bar and some young punk gets up and says, "You're James Ford, aren't you?" And he just fucks with them for no reason. You're like, "It's a Bruce Willis movie. You're about to get the shit kicked out of you." He's not. I mean, it's not going to look credible in any sort of way because, like, my God, what? No. I mean, what is Bruce Willis? He's like seventy or yeah, something. Yeah, he's got to I mean, be which, about seventy. Which you know, it looks fine. Looks right? great for seventy. Doesn't look happy at oh. all. <laughs> it but, looks miserable. But because he's 70, you know his the his love interest is going to be at least mid-40s. Exactly, yeah. She's going to be uh, too young. Yes. Too young. 
not you know not twenty three year old young, not like in real life Bruce Willis, not Anna Nicole uh, Smith, too young. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he kicks the uh, young punk's ass. Uh, some more young punks come in. They get their ass kicks, and then his little buddy comes in. His oh, little buddy. Oh my god, I hated his little buddy so fucking. I mean, this is like again, it's just a staple of like a movie like this, especially one with like a big A list star that you have to have some guy who just like slobbers around him talking about how amazing he is all and, the fucking time. And especially when you consider that this is the guy who fucking wrote the screenplay, you can instantly tell who are the writers in movies. And who are the actors in movies? Wow, I didn't even know that. But yeah. that absolutely, absolutely makes sense. So the fight ends with a standoff between uh, James Ford and Lil Buddy. And want to be They pull solo. out guns. And they take off. And the military arrives. And we meet Costas Mandalore, who by far gives the best performance yeah. in this movie. Gives, gives, honestly, the only performance Yeah, he's movie. going for it. He's doing something. He's Him doing and his thing. brother are so good in trash. I love it. Willis, meanwhile, is just nothing nothing he like i say he never goes above a mumble he never seems engaged with anything he it's it's just it's really lifeless performance the first 30 minutes of this movie is all build up it's just mm-hmm. constant each scene is building up to a moment and then they relax that moment then they see somebody else and they build up and they relax that moment yeah it's a lot of start and stop and 30 minutes in you're still like what the fuck are we building yeah to? where are we going with this guys they talk about how in the military, the standard operating procedure is hurry up and wait. So this is the thing that I've heard uh, military people, like my father-in-law, uh, talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, when you're in the army, it's hurry up and wait, right? Run to this thing, and then you just stand there for, you know, wait there for however long, and then you got to get it, and then, then you stand up, right? This movie is the hurry up and yes. wait movie. Yeah. That's all it does. It hurries up, and then it waits, and then 88 minutes later, it's over. And also, the military has really relaxed restrictions on beards. Everybody has a scraggly-ass <laughs> beard going on. Well, it is the future. That's true. That's how you know. So Ford whines about how he's unneeded anymore because he killed 70 million people. Wait, what? He killed 70? Like, that's relatable? Is that supposed to be relatable? (laughs) Like, this? He remember throughout the movie, this is a man who has committed genocide. That's even... He committed genocide. That's that's beyond... That's like planet side. (laughs) So insane, right? But even though he committed genocide he gets an offer of reinstatement if he'll just help them with this first contact analysis but don't worry little buddy pipes in and says uh we're sort of a package deal i wanted to just oh, I fucking punch hated this, this guy I hated him hated him yeah i mean if you he thinks that he was giving himself the best lines i mean holy crap no <laughs> so now we meet dr goss dr goss played by perry reeves um, you would probably remember her from, she was on Entourage. She was Mrs. Ari on Entourage. This character in this performance, the, it rivals, she rivals Bruce Willis for not giving anything. Just, Although I think in her case, it's just maybe a lack of talent. And in Bruce Willis' <laughs> case, it's a lack of giving a fuck. Um, but she sees Willis and she's like, what the hell is he doing here? Uh Although we eventually find out they used to be a thing, they, I guess, until they, they committed married. genocide. Yeah. They were married. Yeah. And then he genocided a planet, and she was like, um... It's really funny, too, because the way he paints it, he's like, don't tell your loved ones what you did. It's like, everybody would fucking know that you <laughs> <laughs> murdered an entire planet. It's, yeah, right? Like, strangers accost him. That, <laughs> not telling people wasn't the issue. That wasn't the issue. <laughs> it's the act, bro. It's the act. So everyone... 
hurries up and waits and then stands around and talks about aliens and what might happen if there's aliens. Dr. Goss says, you seem kind of chill about this in a sarcastic way and then recaps what's going on. Ford, meanwhile, goes, prepare a Q-bomb immediately. Like, whoa, dude, like you haven't been reinstated yet. You're already like, more genocide, more. I want more. When your only tool is a Q-bomb, <laughs> every problem is 70 million lives. He's ready to go. Like he's ready to he's just like, I haven't genocided anyone in years. So now we meet Fiona, another character who I absolutely hated. It's just a dumb character and a real like TV the, performance. All the t- performances here are TV performances. You're talking you know about I mean? the walking cliche, right? The the yes. tech, the bad girl tech. Who has she her, loves her motorcycle. Th- that's conveniently only the thing, the only thing parked in that parking lot. Like, how many people staff this place? It's crazy dumb. Yeah, so fucking stupid. But yeah, she's about to take off, and then her Sarge, who's played by Lachlan Monroe, is like, no, you gotta go, and you gotta do Quantech for this Quantech. And she whines, too. Like All, all the military people in this movie whine about yeah. like how they're just like, this is inconvenient for me. I'm like, is that, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> um, but she says, full due respect, Sarge. Fuck you. <laughs> Dialogue. Hard cut to like whizzers whizzing and, and lights lighting and blippers blipping. It's so stupid, man. There's, it's a lot of blue lights. That's it. Lots of blue lights. So the survivors come in. Okay, this is the survivors of the mining. Maybe. The mining ship. They are clearly fucked up. Oh, yeah. Like, they are clearly fucked up in their face. Their bodies are fucked up. They have shit crawling all over them. They look strung out. Their eyes are black. They, like, they are so clearly fucked up. They're, like, walking in unison. Why are there more than two? I don't, I don't know. know. There's, like, seven or eight now. There was just two people on that planet. The movie is so incomprehensibly bad that they want to make it, like, this tense moment where the soldiers on Earth are, have to figure out that these are aliens and not the normal people coming back but they've already tipped that hat they've shown close-ups mm. on how fucked up they are there's no suspense to it there's no, no and it's not set up to be a good reveal no no one would let them this is like a highly secure government facility like the most secure yeah. government facility like in the 2524 verse they just let them walk right in, and at one point, like somebody like vomits up some black fluid, and one of the soldiers touches them on the shoulder and is like, "You okay? <laughs> you okay? No, <laughs> like that's no. It's like going up to the people that in the backup dancers in the thriller video and be like, "Hey, hey, are you all right? I see you're rotting and falling apart while you're dancing and walking in unison. Do you want a tums?" <laughs> Gonna be okay. You want to sit down, take a rest break. So this you okay soldier, he just gets like slaughtered. Everyone yeah. just stands around and watches while this guy gets slaughtered, and it's clear right away they're they're possessed by aliens. They're mm-hmm. they're alien zombies or whatever. The aliens have come in. Uh, boom, boom, boom. This starts a big ass fight. The aliens are going. Cr- alien zombies are going. Twenty eight days later, crazy on their ass. The lights ah. go from blue to red. This is one yeah. change. This is the change. It's getting really intense now. Yeah. So. One of the soldiers, a young soldier, um, shoots one of them in the eyes. Well, at first they're shooting them all over and they're not going down, even though, remember, these are human beings. And then uh, hits one in the eye and he just starts going, aim for the eyes, aim for the eyes. 
This information will not be important later. Nothing. When the actual aliens just get wasted by any bullet or by punches. (laughs) This is like this whole ape for the eyes thing. Not important. This is also the last time you'll see aliens. Oh, I guess there's one more time where you see aliens. Uh, This is the makeup budget for the entire movie. Because the rest of the time, they just hide their faces. (laughs) I know. So Dr. Goss, even though slaughter, uh, soldiers are getting slaughtered all around her, Dr. Goss is kind of weirdly into it. She's just like, amazing. Yeah, she's the, we just need to understand it. Yeah. So it kills a bunch of people. She says it's amazing. She does the whole like hand on the glass thing. And just like, this is the zombie monster who just like slaughtered a bunch you of people. You have no idea does. if this thing could melt the glass. You have no right. idea. But she's like, oh, Billy. Science. <laughs> Uh, and then Ford comes in and just starts shooting everyone because that's Bazooka what Bruce. he does. He comes boom, in boom, 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 boom. Yeah, he's shooting everything. And she's like, Ford, what the fuck are you doing? She's actually like pissed. It's like, Grillo also just shows up. Remember, he was waylaid from his Thanksgiving. He comes in and just instinctively knows who to shoot and why. Yeah, right. Why, how? Everyone's just humans running around. That's totally like, he true. Just, he just is like, I have full context for this. Boom, 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 boom. So there's a big old gun battle. It is not well shot. It is not thrilling. It is not interesting. They got two warehouse locations for this movie, and yeah. they used the fuck out of them. Dr. Goss like, actually rolls her eyes when she's asked to help a soldier. She like, rolls her eyes and complains and says, they're like, this guy's dying. Help him. You're a doctor. And she's just like, uh. <laughs> it's fucking awful. But again, that might have just been a really bad performance. So now we get the let's sit around and recap the first act scene. Yep. <laughs> grab. They had to stretch this so far to get to 88 minutes. So here's the quandary. They want to wipe out this species, obviously. Sure. Here's a species. Let's kill all of them right now. No context, whatever. But the politicians won't allow it. At what point, Perry Reeves, Dr. Goss says, it is a sin to wipe out a civilization, but <laughs> humanity must strike first. Like that. It didn't take you long to get there. It's also James Ford is sitting there going, let's nuke it. Let's throw a Q-bomb at it and wipe it out and kill it. And James Grilla goes, you really think you've got what it takes for this mission? Motherfucker, within seconds of hearing about this, you specifically asked for this guy. Now you're challenging his bona fides. Like, why was he on the tip of your tongue mere seconds after learning about it? Yeah. Grillo is the, his character, he does a couple of fake outs like that too. Because in the next scene, he does basically the same thing with his son, who was actually the soldier who shot the guy, shot the zombies in the eye. He was like, hey, you're not coming with us. You're not coming on this one. And his son's like, nah, I'm coming. And he's like, I'm putting you in the brig. Like, he's going to jail his son to keep him from going. His son's like, well, how would that look if, like, you forbid me from going and everybody else goes and they die? I will look like a real asshole. And he's like, all right, you're coming. Yeah. And then, what the fuck? That is James Grillo's last scene with another human being. The rest of this movie, he is by himself. Fiona is also forced to come along. Dr. Goss talks about butterflies. <laughs> and she flirts a little with with uh, Ford, which is I, I think this is where you find out that they used to be married. 
You also find out that the guy we hate, Dash, was the Red Rider of Pooja and the Slayer of Eos, which are things. That's a thing. <laughs> All of a sudden, tachyon interference becomes a thing. Tachyon interference. Remember that. It, not, it doesn't matter. Uh, James Ford also, he just wants his pension. Sure. Yeah. Just give me and my... You know what? If I have to commit genocide to do it a second time, yeah. All right. If, I want my... Uh, I want my like, I'll kill 70 million again. I'll, I'll up it to 140. I may even go 150, <laughs> but you got to give me my pension. I want my monthly alliance credits. <laughs> okay. My diabetes so, medicine doesn't pay for itself. <laughs> so now another Chiron, 47 minutes since first contact. I mean, it seems like hours at this point, but 47 minutes. There's so many, not only are the, like the characters cliche and the dialogue cliche, even the shots are cliche. Like we get this mm-hmm. ramping up to battle sequence where they have three helmets in a row and it's like, whoosh, 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 the three helmets get picked up, guns just getting racked. And then like it hangs on the racked gun for like a little too long. So it's almost like, is it is it making fun of itself? Is that what it's doing? <laughs> Couldn't possibly be. Couldn't possibly. The banter is pure death, and most of this movie is just banter. It's like the dialogue is just there to fill space. There's no like real like rhythm to it or point to it or anything. It's just like, all right, we need a scene and people need to talk. So yes, something, something, something. You want to see an example of when we talked about Bruce Willis just being checked out? Watch the scene where he utters the words "just changed." Like he's talking about how butterflies just change from moss to butterfly. <laughs> Just changed. And then that was it. Like, he, he had no idea the words he was saying. Uh, he was probably looking at his vacation home, I don't know, on his phone. So, yeah, we said there's this, like, long prep scene. But then after the long prep scene, remember the hurry up and wait ethos of this movie? There's just, a, like, ten minutes of them just sitting around talking about, like, well, well, this is a thing. This is a thing. They're just bantering with each other. Little Buddy talks about how one time he was late for a march or something like that and ford broke his nose <laughs> just punched him and broke his nose. The superior officer just broke his nose and he was never late again and someone goes how pavlovian it's like what no <laughs> we'll see no <laughs> pavlov rang a fucking bell and then gave his dog treats he didn't punch it in the nose wrong That's pavlov. Not how- in 20, <laughs> this is from the 2020 uh 2234. There was a different Pavlov. He just ran around punching people's in the nose. (laughs) And they were never late again. (laughs) So, after just the so much banter, so much prep, all of a sudden, hurry up, we're right at a quantum jump. So, boom, they quantum jump. The things you would expect to happen happen lights, sounds, pew, 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 pew. Whooshings. I also love, they're all in these mecha suits, like robotic stuff. Bruce Willis is a little bit older, I guess, because he is older than everybody. He looks like the Brotherhood of Steel from Fallout 4. But (laughs) closest Mandalore, like they can't hide his belly. It's like the one shot where you see his belly. And I I fucking so appreciate it as a man with a belly myself. I was like, yeah, that's what I would look like in this shit. Fuck yeah. Bruce Willis' suit, like when we go back to the timeline laid out in the original movie, it's been five years. Mm. Since he dropped that Q bomb, it was twenty five nineteen. It's now twenty five twenty four. But they act like his suit is like steam powered or something. Like it is old and clunky and heavy and mechanical. But he's old and clunky and like 
what? Yeah. Like no no culture happened, but spacesuits in the last five years all of a sudden just woo. Yeah, they really advanced crate live oh, dumb. Fucking dumb. But yeah, so now they quantum leap and we're back to the opening scenes that were kind of teased yeah. during the uh Always during the opening. Rocketing down to the alien planet, this huge, huge space war. We get another Chiron, Elora, thirteen thousand three hundred sixty-eight light years. From Earth. Which is a measure of distance, not of time. <laughs> so they land on the planet. Some people get separated. Some people assumed dead. Some people uh, were filming other movies at the time and could not be available. Just couldn't, had to go float out in space for a little while. Um, but the young people and Kosas Mandalore all kind of land together. There's starts an immediate laser gun battle. Um, Mandalore is hit, uh, and he goes down. Ford, uh, the Blood General James Ford and Frank Grillo's character, they are missing. So it's kind of on the youngsters to complete this mission, and they're fighting these aliens. These aliens who, yeah, they did not have alien makeup budget or even special effect budget because they are all wearing, like, Hoods they're, and like long leather trench coats. They're dressed like Shredder and have masks from Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. They're dressed like Shredder. Yeah, like they wear the masks, the hood, the kind of almost karate gi that goes between the legs and boots. But then they also kind of have like Sauron hands. Yeah, and they they were a little kind of matrixy too because they're they're sort of kung fu-y. Yeah, there's a little bit of kung fu, and they're all wearing these leather trench coats and stuff. But like they're all just. It's whatever, like, this movie could care so little so, about but, okay. what this fucking alien race is. Was, was this alien race on the planet that was the mining station at the beginning, and they're um, on Alora oh 2? Oh, my God. Right. Right? How did they I mean, get to this planet? And it jumps to some other places before we were done with this, too. I don't even know. I don't, like, I didn't understand, like, wait. I thought they were trying to prevent a war from happening, but it kind of looks like a war is happening yes, right here on right. this planet. There's a huge outer space war that they just There's like, already a rebel through. alliance on that planet. They've already formed the rebel alliance. Yeah. They already know who the enemy is and what they do and that they shapeshift and <laughs> or they, right. they, they oh. enter people's bodies. Yeah, yeah, that was in the first 10 minutes, or I mean the first 10 seconds of them landing there. The guy goes, they've invaded the, the miners' bodies. It's like, wow, that was fast. <laughs> Are you sure you just didn't owe one of those miners money? You're like, oh, he's totally an alien in the body. Shoot him. Yeah. So these rebel humans come to their rescue. I honestly at first was like, oh, wait, are those are those the aliens? And they're just humanoid aliens? No, because we haven't even seen what the fucking aliens look like. And we don't really ever see what they look like. I guess they're just weird. It's funny, too, because these rebel aliens. soldiers, one of them is wearing camo because they're in a forest place and then the woman it's just got this fucking bright yellow braids going in her hair just like giving the game away (laughs) we're over here aim for my head (laughs) and she's not a good actress no yeah she's got yellow braids uh quirky remember this is the future sure it's not. It's like one of those things. Like, really, yeah. really, this yellow braids. That's what it is. And she's carrying like an enormous gun. She has like an eight foot long gun. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> whatever. This woman also, when she hears uh, that James Ford might be on this mission, she gets really excited too. Mm-hmm. She's just like delivers this dialogue, which is absolutely awful dialogue, but her delivery is just amazing as well. She says. 
Can you believe they said he was too violent for war? Don't they know it takes a monster to kill a monster? <laughs> what? No, it doesn't. <laughs> why? Why would that? Why? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's not, this isn't Godzilla versus Kong. What the fuck? Some are killed by a silver bullet to the heart or a stake. <laughs> so now Ford awakes. So we're back to the scene from the original where uh, the blood general awakes on the planet. He wakes up and his uh, system immediately tells him, you have a concussion. You have a concussion. But don't worry. He's okay because he's not a pussy like you young people these days. Right. He is old and tough. You could punch him all day. Fucking dumb. Uh, he's led. Uh, this is. It, God, it makes this e- where, like no sense is made out of this. What even? He's led into a cave the, the, e- by the aliens that are trying to wipe out the entire species. That is their Kill- goal stated at the end of the movie. That is their objective. They're like, not nah, yeah. come this way. Have this little like Luke and Yoda moment. And they they enter people's heads so they know who the fuck he is, too. Like, do you not know how this guy's committed genocide against an entire race already? What's And he really wants to do it again? Like, it just, it's just. It it's like a makes, dream sequence shot. It's very hard to make out what's happening, but he goes up to kiss somebody. And then all of a sudden, Braxton, which is the uh, mm-hmm. John Grillo's son, Frank Grillo's son, saves him and shoots what he was kissing. Okay, so that's what happens, and then he just says, "Let's get out of here." That's that's yeah. what happens, and they really do come out of there together. And what what happened to the aliens who were there? Who was that that got shot? And then we find out somehow Doctor Goss is dead. Like, when did that happen? How did that happen? No idea. <laughs> no fucking idea. It got cut out. If it yeah. ever happened, I don't know. But yeah, so he's pulled out by the kid Braxton, and they go to a place. And it says Orbital Cannon Alliance Outpost Facility. Necessary. So they go to the Alliance Outpost Facility, and there they are. And what do they do? Banter. <laughs> just no, they just sit around and banter. They just banter and banter and plod and plod and talk and talk. Costas uh, Mandalore, he's gone for. Her, so Ford this gives my, him an O. It's my favorite. He ODs him. It's ODs him. Right in front of everybody. Like, this cannot be good for morale. This guy is known as the Blood General. He's killing 70 million people. Now he's killing his own people. <laughs> it's like in front of right. him. Like you would There was a discreet way to do that. Yes. Like you're not out, you're not out like on Normandy Beach here, man. Like you're in an alliance outpost facility. You're in the part where the, everybody's recuperating. Put a <laughs> put fu- up a curtain. Yes. Anything. Everybody, it's- every other injured person is sitting there going, keep him the fuck away from me. Yes, right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So more plotting, more talking. They they basically they figure out. Okay, we need to set off a bomb. We need to kill these people, but we're probably going to need to sacrifice ourselves in order to set yeah. off the bomb. So there's your Armageddon. This is um, the the great classic line where he says, "Being sucked off by the universe does not sound too bad." <laughs> That's his response to the prospect of being sucked into a black hole for eternity. <laughs> Oh, Chiron. Wait, hold sorry. on. I'm sorry. My second favorite part of the movie is when they talk about being sucked into a black hole for eternity. Bruce Willis says, part of the job. Like, that's a part of your job? That's, that did not come up in basic. <laughs> you don't even get your pension. Why is right. that part of your job? It's get not a, your job. Get a better job. Not at all. So on screen, Chiron, Sagia Majora, uh-huh. 608,912 light years from Earth. 
and there's a space gate because it turns out the aliens built a space gate, a giant space gate, and spaceships are going through the space gate. And and one character says, nobody could do that. They, and the other character goes, they did, and that's how that's explained. There you go. That's all good. So Little Buddy and Ford have a little moment where uh, Little Buddy says to Ford, he's like, let's get out of here. Let's take off. This is not our fight. Ford's like, you know what? You can go. That's fine. Little Buddy's like, you know what? <laughs> I'll stay and die. <laughs> this was, was I wanted to die either. Anastasia like, Steel fight with Chris Gray. That was the, <laughs> Christian. I'll never be with you again. Come on, you got to. Okay. <laughs> Little buddy. Oh, I hated him so much. Uh, this. Okay, you want to talk about scenes yep. that where in the fucking world of Carmen San Diego did this fucking shit come from? Little buddy is just walking around, and there's a little girl. Yep. In the Alliance Outpost Facility, Orbital Cannon. And he's just like, she's smiling at him. She's not like Newt in Aliens, where she's like heavily troubled. She's smiling and giggling and and laughing at him. And he's just like, here's my sunglasses. She plays with the sunglasses. And he tells her, everything's going to be okay. I promise. Like, first of all, you were just talking about everyone's going to die. Second of all, we never see this girl again. No, No. Never. He doesn't even tell anyone that she's there. <laughs> All the other soldiers say, like, hey, everyone, there's a five-year-old there's a girl child. over here. She's playing with my sunglasses right now, but I don't know how long that's going to distract her. He, and he even calls out, like, where's your mom? Where's your dad? Like, it's, it's odd that a child is there now. And you've known that these people, these aliens can shapeshift. <laughs> good thing bruce willis didn't find her though he'd be euthanized oh, yeah oh, i know right it's like what's that well, is that a skin knee nope 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 <laughs> you got Going some down. sniffles <laughs> od'd <laughs> q-bomb this entire place oh <laughs> uh, so more banter because remember this movie is uh death now it's Ford and Fiona. remember Fiona was the Quantech who loves her motorcycle loves her baby loves her motorcycle he prepares her for a life as a committer of genocide. Yep. This is where he tells her, like, don't tell people that you committed genocide. <laughs> like, it's going to come out. It's gonna, they're going to be like, where'd that whole race go? It's going to come out. He tells her, what we do here is easy. The hard part is living with it. With no emotion whatsoever in his voice nope. or any sense of like what this is the toll it has taken on him. And the it's hard just... part doesn't seem to be living with it. He was he's just drinking at the beginning. He's not like tormenting himself. He looks exactly the same as he looks right now. Did all right. Got to go into bars and kick the ass of young people. His little buddy came in. It's all good. Quirky, Frank Grillo. Did you remember he was in this movie? I, I, wrote, I literally wrote, Hey, Frank Grillo's <laughs> in this movie. He's still floating in space. <laughs> So we got to rip off more movies. So here's here's our gravity. He rip-off. definitely filmed in this in his living room. He oh, definitely absolutely. sat in front of a green screen in his living room and filmed these space scenes. Yeah. So he somehow has context for everything that's. He's just been floating in space this whole time, but he knows what's going on. So he says, "If we don't hold them here, Earth will be next. Next, what? You don't even know. You don't even know at this point, right? Whatever." More deathly banter. Yeah, we're still bantering sure, back yeah. at the Alliance Outpost facility. This time it's Lil Buddy and Yellow Braids. Remember Yellow Braids? Mm-hmm. So he does a little joke about her big gun. She says, can you handle that? And she says, I've handled bigger. What? That's a Double entendre. Dr. Goss. She just shows up at the Alliance Outpost facility. She just shows up and walks out of 
the dark and just is like, hey, I'm Dr. Goss. I'm speaking in a loud alien voice now, now, which is like the ironic thing being like, this is supposed to be this like just coldly, clinically logical, parasitic kind of a species, right? Like they just take over. That's all they do. They're the apex race, everything else. The alien has so much more emotion in her voice <laughs> than Perry Reeves did. <laughs> I guess they got somebody else to do the voice. Uh, but anyway, she steps out in the open and now addresses the group. She says, I like this body. Could you strike me down now that I wear her face? And then Goss, the real Goss, breaks through the trance briefly and just says, They use us as vessels, <laughs> parasites. <laughs> then the alien regains control and is like, I'm going to make a speech about the moral complexities of war. Uh-huh. Call ourselves the true apex race and say, embrace us or we will become... like." She really thought a speech would work, like the, the parasites did. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, embrace us or we will become you. And little buddy, remember him? He, he doesn't cotton to this. He says, nope. <laughs> right? Gave himself the good lines. Now the coldly clinical evil parasitic alien starts taunting them. He starts taunting James Ford, the genocidal blood general, like what the fuck? She's like, like what? Like what is in it for them to like taunt? Yeah. In, at this point, it's just mm. yeah. Alien, the movie Alien, it's a being of pure malice, pure just take over, spawn, no thought, no emotion, no feeling, no speeches, no speeches. <laughs> and I love what you were saying about the performance because. The only reason you know, like you explained how it was the alien speaking, then the doctor speaking, then the alien. The only reason you know is because the voice doesn't modulated the voice a little. There's nothing in her performance. There's nothing in the vocal. I mean, or in her facial. Oh, my God. It's so fucking ridiculous. So after a little taunting, the aliens attack. The faceless aliens attack. You don't need to shoot him with a precision shot to the eye anymore. Don't worry about nope, that. Just uh, get him in the shoulder and they're done. Boom, yeah, boom, boom. Gunfight at the they, Blue Light Corral. Some of them are also hooded and no kung fu. <laughs> yes. Um, so we get some fist fights. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? <laughs> we actually get sword fights and fist fights with the aliens. Like, you, you think, wow, that's fun. No, it isn't. No. It's fucking awful. It's, it's unbelievably bad. It's terrible. While this gunfighting, sword fighting, fist fighting is happening, Ford, they tr- I guess Doctor the Dr. Goss alien gets on a spaceship and Ford grabs oh. the spaceship. He just grabs it with his hand and yeah. flies into space. <laughs> <laughs> He's just in space now. He's just like, I'm really strong. <laughs> That's just fucking stupid as fuck. They have a moment where they walk to each other. Uh, they're, they're in fucking space. And they're just perfectly gravity walking to each other on this ship, standing still. Oh, my God, yes. Can, can totally hear each other because, you know, in space, it's totally good acoustics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all these alien ships are now pouring out of the space hole that they created or the, the space whatever. Space hole's my Doctor Dash. Space. <laughs> Dr. Goss is on the ship and she says... We never wanted peace. And then a bunch of special effects happen. 
I, I couldn't even actually explain what the hell Mm-mm. is going on. Just like, and then things fly around. Now, Grillo is also preparing a bomb. They're both preparing bombs. Yeah. I think. Now there's there's Q and R. And I thought they had, yeah, I thought they just had the one bomb, but I guess Grillo's got a bomb too. Whatever. Who knew? So now, even though we've already established what he's going to do and what's happening, and obviously he's not coming back from this, we now get the tearful goodbye <laughs> scene where it was like, no, no, don't do this, sir. Don't do this. It's like, he told you what he was doing yeah. already. Like, it, mm. And honestly, let's be completely honest. If this was the chance to save the entire civilization, you're like, yeah, good, do it. Go. Why are you saying goodbye? Fucking go. Just do your fucking thing. Let's go. You'll Come be on. a like, hero forever. You're floating out in space already. But he needs a little boost. So they shoot a thing, which hits him, which blows up a thing, which blows up all the other things. And then another bomb goes off and all the things, all the ships get sucked back into the black hole. It, it, Dan, it, or anybody listening, it could not make any less sense than what Dan No, it really said. couldn't. It doesn't. Somehow... Frank Grillo is dead, and James Ford is not. <laughs> Even though they both set off giant bombs right near a black hole, I don't know how. Like one of them's fine, and we one don't of know how like, he gets I'm... back. We don't know any of that. No, all we know is that boom, boom, the thing blew up. We know that it worked, and then uh, Junior, what was his name? Barstow Braxton. J- Brist- Braxton. Braxton is like, oh, look, the last remaining alien. I'm going to, like, fuck him up. Yeah. He just punches out his emotions on this alien while, like, a Independence song really Day loudly. Rip-off. It's, it yeah. rips off everything. So, Chiron, Earth, seven days since first contact. <laughs> I mean, okay, so they're at the same bar that they were at on Earth. Did you need to say Earth, or do we just think that that's a chain? <laughs> The bad, shitty robot bar chain. <laughs> uh, it's called the Rising Sun. Yeah. Incidentally. So, space. Uh, and pay attention. There's a mandatory address from the Alliance Senate leader. And the Alliance Senate leader comes on because everything just happens through radio in 500 years. So, he announces the total and unconditional surrender of the aliens, who I thought were all dead and sucked into a black hole. But, I, but uh, duh, duh. They they surrendered. It's fine. And then he basically takes all the credit. Like, oh, the Alliance Senate did it all. We sent these men on the mission. So all the surviving soldiers are there at the bar. Everyone except for, I think only three people, three main characters died during this mission. Well, I guess Lachlan Monroe, but he died. He didn't even go into space. If everybody went into space, it was a speaking part. Uh, Dr. Goss, Frank Grillo, and Kosas Mandalore all didn't make it back. Everyone else is at the bar. And they're all really bummed that they didn't get all the credit. And I know some people who've gone in the military, and that is why they go into it, <laughs> driven by a lust for fame. No. In fucking correct. No. <laughs> they do it for so many reasons, but notoriety is not one of them. Uh, but yeah, Ford remembers Goss. Walks out of the bar ruefully. I'm going to assume just based on context. Nothing in the performance is going to give me that. The end. <laughs> the end of the movie. It's called Cosmic Sin. Corky, final thoughts before we give our ratings and wrap this sucker up. This movie overstayed its welcome within its welcome. I mean, the f- opening scene of this movie, I was like, I'm done. So, uh, get out of here. Fuck this movie. Fuck it. 
Just to remind everybody, our ratings, run in the middle of bad film, it's a dare, next level bad, double dare, and a movie we actually liked, reversed dare. Corky, I'm going double dare. I'm doubling down on the double dare. This was, at 88 minutes, a real chore yeah. to make it to. I actually like stopped it at one point, maybe 20 minutes, because it got to be, uh, had to walk our dog. And it took me a while to come back. I was really like, I don't want to watch the last 20 minutes of this movie. I just don't. It got. It was so hard to make it through the first 65 minutes of this movie. What do you got? It's a double dare. I, I, can't, mm. I can't believe this movie was made. I mean, there you could see that there was effort in the, uni, uh, the costuming and the set decorating because they were working probably on a minuscule budget, but they did mm. the best they could. But the, it's shittily directed. It's no good writing the acting is terrible mm. and uh, the competent actors in it don't care except for mandalore like we said uh god it's it's just no fun like it could there could have been a lot of bad parts that could have been fun but it takes itself way too serious to have the fun and it does cliches that you can see coming from a mile away and doesn't even do anything with them it just does the cliche um, bad yeah. movie, bad, 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 bad movie. Real bad, almost a non-movie. Yeah, it made me think about how when you kind of go back in the history of Hollywood, like a lot of times low-budget filmmaking, genre filmmaking, exploitation filmmaking, yeah, there's a lot of bad shit, but also it served as sort of a, a, a proving ground or a breeding ground for what eventually became great filmmakers or some filmmakers who stayed in that B genre their entire career, like a Bud Bedecker, Phil Carlson, some of these great genre oh, filmmakers, yeah. black exploitation filmmakers. Or think about all the f- great filmmakers who started working for Roger Corman, Peter mm-hmm. Bogdanovich and Martin Scorsese and all these amazing filmmakers. This was a place where people could kind of like work on their craft. And, that, and this movie is basically tries to ape a 100 200 million dollar blockbuster it doesn't try to do anything interesting or low down or or original and certainly not any fun and it's just it's a miserable miserable movie and mercenary at the same time there's not even a sense of like there's some craft happening behind the camera no absolutely not no none whatsoever it's just get through the day kind of filmmaking (laughs) It's product. It's just product. It's just product there to be sold. Fill space on your streaming service screens. Oh, God damn it. I hated this movie. That's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. And be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, collectively known as Schmeed. Like and rate us on all your favorite podcast apps, unless we're not on there. Don't rate us if we're not on there. That makes no sense. You can read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website, daredaniel.com. So for Dare Daniel, I am Daniel Barnes. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, um, getting sucked off by the universe... Doesn't sound so bad. (laughs) Bye. See ya.